You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Curtis. Yep. We got a lot to talk about tonight, my man. So much stuff has happened. Like, oh, oh my God, it's everything. But the first thing we got to say, the first thing we have to say, happy pride to everybody who celebrates all of our LGBTQIA 2S plus fucking friends, all of you. We love you. Happy pride. And uh, even if you're not able to celebrate if you're somewhere where you uh, don't feel safe being who you are somewhere where you aren't quite comfortable exposing who you are like that yet we still see you we still love you you are still uh appreciated and uh if you're if your parents don't fucking appreciate you if your family doesn't appreciate you i'm your dad now i will offer you fatherly hugs and advice uh please sit up straight eat your vegetables and don't forget to mow the lawn before you go to your friend's house on saturday happy pride well said curtis everybody even if you're not feeling safe where you are right now you're always safe with the boys from the shorts this is a safe place for everyone curtis will play catch with you in his spare time that's how safe it is absolutely and so we can build a go-kart in the garage yeah we'll make a snowman we'll do it all you're safe here so that is a, a lovely message and i appreciate you putting that out there bud it's been a hot second. Lots has happened. When we last spoke, it was just before the best of the Super Junior Finals. So I think we don't fuck around anymore and we just jump straight into talking about that final, yes? Yeah? So oh, we'll just go God. straight to that match as that's what that entire night was about. We're talking about our boy Titan versus Wato Mania running wild master Wato way to the oh grand master what do you think Curtis okay so the one thing I have to say about this three words five star Teton boy oh my god my boy Teton now has a five star match from stinky uncle Dave that is sick I can't even I can't even deal with it dude I was so excited so happy for him like and 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 Watto like people people on the internet people on twitter always want to hate oh they go oh watto watto yeah fucking watto dude yeah hell yes Mm -hmm. exactly tell me you don't watch new japan without telling me you don't watch new japan yes fucking watto dude i I, i'm fucking watto's watto's ascension from absolute like fucking scared dog shit to a five-star man and the best of the super juniors that storytelling 
is the best bit of long-term storytelling that Kikuchi ever gave us. I, I knew, I knew when he came back, I was like, no, this isn't the same guy. He fucking saw a murder in Mexico or something. No, like it was, it was him fucking with us. He's been this good all along. It was just his, this is the way to the grand master. I think, um, I mean, I th think he's definitely had a huge development since he came back. It's funny when you see the, the like clips when they were like doing the hype stuff and they showed him like the footage of him debuting. It's like looking at a different fucking dude. He's literally grown up and developed so much in like the last couple of years. Like it's been crazy. And then when you see him standing, you know, face to face with Hiromo, like after his one, and he's a good bit taller than Hiromo as well. You're like, yo, homie's like becoming a man out here. And mm -hmm. it's impressive. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he's, he's come a long he's way. fucking yoked. Like, mm -hmm. he's got the shoulders and the, the chest, you know, and mm -hmm. he's like tall and, and he's handsome in a way, I guess. Like, he's, he's, like you said, becoming a man. He's, he's coming into his own. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really fucking cool to see. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, they are making a star. Like, everyone, everyone is thinking, you know, Watto is 2020 Master Watto. You know, that's not who he is, man. That's not who he is anymore. No, he's kind. He's come judge, a long way. He has. You can't judge 2023 Master Watto by 2020. No, exactly. And it, it's one of the reasons why New Japan is so good because you get to see these developments in real time. You know what I mean? You see them grow. You see them from babies, essentially, become fully formed wrestlers. And we've seen that with Okan. We've seen that with Suji, with... Umino, mm -hmm. you know, with Narita, with um, Oemura when he comes back, you know what I mean? Like you see these guys developing, it gets to pay off, you know what I mean? Like you see, I see it with Hadare, you see it with JY, you see it with David Finley, like all these dudes where, they were, you know, little boys around the ring, like learning their craft, you know, pudgy dudes, like figuring it out, become fully formed absolute weapons and it's, it's really amazing to see and it's really rewarding to see that turn around and pay off over time and and always one of the most exciting things about it. And I think that's why, you know, dudes like like Wado getting to that point, Suji headlining Dominion, all those things are so exciting because you're like, what have they learned? What have they become? How, how are they going to express themselves outside of the black tights, you know? And that, that's a, the really cool part. And And that match, you know, it was it was really cool and it, it showed that new direction and the faith that New Japan puts in their dudes because they're like, yeah, we could have just had like a Desperado Hiromu final, you know. We could have Leo's proven, you know. There, there was other options there but they're like, nah, boy, we're going to elevate two new dudes right now. Go. And just did it and it was fucking awesome. Here's the question. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they are – intentionally not pushing western talent as much no not at all i think um i don't think they're not pushing western talent i think they're investing in their own talent and the talent that has been loyal to them throughout the thing because you can't say they're not pushing western talent when you see like what's happening with david finlay what's happening with elp all of the LA Dojo guys joining Bullet Club and getting that big push. All of these dudes, like Robbie Eagles, you know what I mean? All of these dudes were the dudes that stuck with them. And so they're investing back in their own people rather than just bringing in huge names. And they're even starting to do that a little bit 
again, you know, with the with the guys, you know, from the um, Blackpool Combat Club and the, the stuff with Brian and bringing Kenny back in and stuff. But they're not really bringing in guys for those super long tours or anything anymore. The guys they're bringing in are are their guys. They may be Western wrestlers, but they're New Japan guys, and that and that's what it comes down to. And I think when you hear the stories like Obari saying, you know, they had six months until they close, um, things were really tight. They've got to watch their money and things like that. They're going to invest in their contracted talent, and yeah. this rewinds all the way back to like our first you know, podcast we did together based around that New Japan Cup where it was like, fuck, can they bring in anybody else? They're just using all their guys. You know, this is kind of boring and it's all the same stuff and it turned into one of the best New Japan Cups because they've got the talent there. They just need to, you know, let it go and and write stories with them, which is exactly what they're doing and they're killing it. Yeah, and I, I, I hear a lot of talk you know, from people who say things like, oh, they're scared of losing another... Uh, foreign wrestler they're scared of losing another uh you know western wrestler mm. like they just they just lost jay white so now they're scared they're they're sheepish about pushing someone like a leo rush or something like that and i don't think that's it at all i think yeah. specifically there are plenty of uh western wrestlers who have gone through their system i mean if if jay white wanted to come back to new japan tomorrow if if he got let go from AEW, he'd be welcome back with open arms. Absolutely. I mean, he did all the right things going out the door. I don't I don't think it's like gun shy on, you know, investing in, you know, uh foreign talent or anything like that. It's like I said, like they're they're still pushing Western wrestlers, but they're their guys, you know. Like and mm-hmm. they they were proven over time. I mean, Jay White was. He was a dojo boy and was with them forever. You know what I mean? He got he got an opportunity when his contract was up. The same as anybody else. They've had you know, Japanese wrestlers leave too. Look at Shinsuke, you know, like the like yep. Kenta went, you know what I mean? Kushida went, then they come back again because they do the right thing or or whatever. I don't I don't think that's the case. I think they're just being smart with their money. Like they're like, where are we gonna put our money? Things were tight, we're buckling down, we're investing in ourselves, we're making our you know, using our young t- talent, making everything exciting, and we'll build the fucking stories ourselves. And then now they turned around and they're like, this has been our most profitable fucking year since the heyday in whenever, like 2017 or whatever. And it's like because they invested in their own guys. And so and so why would they, they change from that? And they, when they can afford to say, I don't know, give back to the talent that fucking took pay cuts to keep the doors open, like, you know, to reward guys that came over in COVID and risked their health to do it. You know, like who who spent months in lockdown and stuff. What are you going to do that, or are you going to bring in some flashy name? You know, and I mean, you can't even say they don't do that. They brought in Mercedes Monet. You know, like they're just choosing where to spend their money and spending it wisely instead of just going, "We'll pop the house with like, oh, cool, it's this AEW guy of the month." They're like, "No, we're just going to invest in the people who are going to be here." And I and I think yeah, and- yeah exactly. And I think they're choosing carefully. Like I think if they could have afforded to or or um could have warranted it, they probably would have like offered Aussie Open a deal, but it probably they couldn't really compete with AW in the budget that they're currently existing in. And they're like, then we just gotta let them go and we'll just invest in other dudes. And that's exactly what they do. We build stars and then other people buy them. That's the the fucking, you know, <laughs> that's the business we're in. 
Like, and that's just how it works, you know? And that's why and that is unfortunate. But I think it's gotten them to the point where they're investing in their future now, even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, like we said with, you know, they're building new stars with Wado mm-hmm. and Yoda Suji and Ren Narita and, and, you know, uh, Yuya is going to be humongous when he gets back mm-hmm. and they've just put a ton of faith into, uh, Dave Finley and they're, they're like, they are really building new stars to mm-hmm. replace the, I mean, I don't want to say replace, mm-hmm. but you know, to some of these people are going to be cycling out of the, the main event picture and things like that. You, you can always count on like the big four, you can always count on Tanahashi and Naito and Okada, you know, like you can count on those guys, but like Tanahashi He's visibly slowing down. Mm-hmm. I will never in my life say that Tanahashi is rinsed. Mm-hmm. He is not. Tana can still go anytime he wants to. I was not surprised that he's going to be in this um, G1. Nah. He's going to put but it on his back. That's how he does it. He's going to, yeah, it's what he does. Mm-hmm. But like maybe Tanahashi is not going to be getting many more title shots, you know, mm-hmm. between here and, and the time that he really complete completes the down cycle mm-hmm. um naito is getting to the point where eventually in a you know a few years he might be in that exact same spot okada is is only like what 34 mm-hmm. he's still got uh plenty of years left but like in the meantime they're not they're not doing what a western company would do and just like relying on those guys over and over and over again they're restocking that cupboard mm-hmm. uh, constantly with brand new talent that's going to be able to uh, lift up, uh, lift up to that level. Mm-hmm. You know, they you know that Shooter is going to be able to go to that level. You know that Yuya is going to be at that level. Suji has proven that he is at that level, mm-hmm. and you know their their Wado is coming in and they've made him a star. Like Wado is. He's someone who's going to be huge in the future. And when he wins that title, it's going to be huge. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a moment. And, uh, you know, like they're, they're, they're looking out for, maybe they're not necessarily looking out for Western stars specifically. Mm -hmm. They're not looking out for that sort of crossover appeal. They're saying, we're going to do what we do best. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, if the West is into it, they can see what we do mm-hmm. like that's that's what they were doing in, in 20 uh 2017 2018 like they weren't looking to make crossover stars out of uh kenny and and you know the bucks and things like that yeah. like they were just putting on great new japan matches mm-hmm. and people fucking stood up and took notice yeah and like so, the bucks just happened to have like a youtube show that everybody found to be really entertaining and that helped them to like develop into something way more you know what i mean like that was the way it worked it wasn't new japan marketing like to the u.s it just they they ended up getting so much usa notice that they went oh maybe we can start to push our expansion a little bit more and i think we probably would have seen you know better things of that maybe if like an AEW didn't come around or maybe covid didn't happen but you know they've gone let's just refocus back on doing what we do best and go from there yeah, exactly. They say like this is what got us notoriety in 2017. This is what'll get us notoriety in 2023 and beyond. Yeah. Like New Japan is up. Mm-hmm. Tell 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 the world we back up because mm-hmm. we back up. We back up. And also it's interesting as well when you you see like the technique they've used in like downcycling like 
say, an Okada and a Tanahashi and stuff out of the main title picture, moving them into something like the Never so they can then interact more with the, that young talent. You know what I mean? Whereas you can't put a shooter constantly in the title picture against, like, the world champion. You can sure as fuck have him working with the best wrestler in the company regularly when you're fucking about with the Nevers and trio situations and individual rivalries and stuff. You know, it's smart. Like, it's it's really creative. And at the same time, you know, having a shock situation where everybody's excited about this brand-new champion and can he be good enough and what's it going to be and then, you know, you can debut somebody like a Suji and you're like, is Suji going to fucking win? Whereas if it was Okada, you'd be like, oh, Suji's roasted. Like he's just going to lose immediately. But it really felt like something could really happen, which is why I think Dominion was, you know, so exciting going into it. But before we we get all into that, um, sorry, if you've got another point there, I'll let you finish. But I was going to say, no, I was gonna say that's, a, that's a great point, where uh, a, a point where we can naturally go to talk about Dominion. Yeah. Is, well, do you have any last thoughts about best of the Super Juniors uh, and that final or overall thoughts of the tournament? I mean, we kind of did a bit of a wrap-up, but I think it was a huge success and I, I'm happy with the winner in the end. You know what I mean? I, as much as I wanted it to be a Robbie or a Despy, I'm glad that they... I've, I've said on this podcast heaps of times that I always want like tournaments to elevate new stars and they gave me exactly that, you know, and so so how could yeah. I possibly complain? And and I mean we, we even said best case, worst case and, and shit like that leading into it. We said it would be awesome if a Teton was elevated, you know. That's true. Like they kept saying, oh, nobody predicted this, nobody predicted this, but like look at the match graphic that we put up for that breakdown episode. We saw it had Watto. And and on it. <laughs> well, I don't. Rem- I don't even that's, remember that's what we cloud. said. Were they our like best and worst case scenarios each? No, no each they other? weren't. We just put Watto uh, up because we thought his photo was funny. Um, we put Watto up because we thought his photo was funny, and then we put Teton up there because both you and I said that we wanted Teton in the finals. We said, yeah, he was or our at least best. In, the, in the semis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We said that he would be one of our best, and then. Was Wato in one of our worst or not really? He was just sort of in the middle somewhere. I don't remember. I think we had him in the middle somewhere mm. um, I don't because remember. both of us wanted to have like Robbie or Despy and things like that. But like yeah. in in the spot where we would have had uh, a Despy or a Robbie, we got elevated stars yeah. and they pushed a star from the West. So all those people saying that they don't push Western stars anymore. The fuck was Speedball doing in the fucking finals? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mean, and it's not like Robbie was fucking not a major player in that tournament. He was a huge part of the tournament. Like, and he, and he was really kind of like Despy's final boss in a way. You know what I mean? Even though he went on to, like, lose to Titan, you would argue that the toll that Robbie took on him, well, I mean, the entire tournament took a toll on him, but Robbie was kind of like that final huge hurdle and then it was just all too much by the time he hit Titan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, like that's the, the matches that they had were all spaced out. They could have been spaced out a little better, Mm -hmm. but they were all spread out to the point where you saw each person's storytelling that would have taken place over a month, uh, take place in like rapid fire two and a half weeks or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And so you saw each one develop in a way faster, in a faster way than you would have in a normal New Japan tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I like that. Uh, I, I like that because we didn't have the preview tags every night, you got to see the main storytelling take place in the ring with those matches. Mm-hmm. And that was that was pretty wild. I mean, you rarely ever see uh, anything like that. Like, you never see a G1 take, you know, a G1 in like two weeks would be fucking insane. You know, they the G1 takes a month for a reason. Yeah, everyone um, would die. <laughs> everyone would just fucking just fall apart. Yeah. But like, seeing that storytelling, that hyper-focused um, sprint of storytelling all at once turn that tournament into one of my favorites that I've seen um, in probably my entire new Japan watching fandom. Like wow. I fucking loved this tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were so many great matches that were, I mean like uh, Despy and uh, Despy and Akira was probably my favorite of the tournament. Um, although the, the final, the, the Wado Teton final was just so fucking good um and then there were so many great matches sprinkled throughout like uh connor's and uh dan maloney was a a super fun walk and brawl sure um there were so many great like little little shows in Mm -hmm. smaller areas that had huge impacts um and and people who had shitty runs on the tournament mm-hmm. like Taguchi shitty run in the tournament but it was the best Taguchi we've seen in years if you told me that one of my favorite matches of the tournament would be Taguchi versus Ishimori I would fucking call you a liar I'd be like that is that's an insane <laughs> thing but he comes out and that's his first match and he's gonna be like I'm not gonna be the ass guy here and the fire out of him. Like, if you told me that, like, I would love Speedball versus Taguchi, I would be like, get fucked. Like, I don't care about this. Speedball versus Show. These are guys that I fucking ripped on or not cared about, you know, but I had so much, like, fun with them. Um, and the the final situation, like, having the A and B in it, you know, one and two, and then having them verse each other and then that being the mix that ends up with the final. That was so fun because there was the whole thing, like, we could end up with two B-block guys still in the final against each other or whatever, you know. Um, I think we should put together – we won't do it now because we're not prepared and we'll just end up debating for hours and, like, it's already really late. But we should put together a little graphic for our Instagram of our, like, top, I don't know, five or six matches of the tournament. Maybe we put in three each just for any listeners that didn't watch the tournament and just want to jump in, parachute in, and see a couple of fun matches that we, like, really liked. I actually kept my uh, – kept a list of my favorite matches. Oh, the, even better. The then I've already just listed a couple. So you list a few and we're done. <laughs> no uh, homework. I love – yeah, I loved, like – so I've got it written down. Robbie and Francisco Akira. Loved it. Uh, mm-hmm. Hiromu and Speedball from that first night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Despy versus Kanemaru. Yeah, first night. Uh, Kushida versus Speedball. Mm-hmm. Um, Robbie versus Kevin Knight, I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doki versus Teton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speedball versus Ryosuke Taguchi, like mm-hmm. you just said. Um, Maloney versus Robbie. Yeah, Maloney versus great. Connors. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJP versus Leo. I thought those guys were brilliant mm-hmm. professional wrestlers. 
uh, Despy versus Akira, mm-hmm. and uh, the finale. Oh, and Despy versus Robbie as well. Oh, th- well, I mean, duh. That goes without <laughs> saying. <laughs> and the finale. Yeah, I, actually, that, that was a really good one. And then, yeah, like I said, I would throw in Speedball versus Show. I really liked just because really he crane cool. kicks him in the fucking chest and it's awesome. <laughs> that was super fun. And then super enjoyed Taguchi and Ishimori. Um, I was really enjoying the Ishimori Hiromu match until he got injured as well. That was a real shame. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a great match up until that point. That was a, that was I think going to be a real classic for them, um, which is a real shame. Apparently, um, apparently Ishimori's like okay as well. He's like obviously Good. off and at home and stuff, but they're like he has full movement and everything. So hopefully, yeah, he's all good and we see him back sooner than later. I've been pretty guilty of ripping on him over the years, you know what I mean. But fuck, you can't, you can't rip on somebody that shows the the their real heart in those moments, you know, when they're injured. Like, what can you fucking say about that? That was awesome. Um, oh, another good one. Did you say Clark Connors versus Despy? No, I didn't have that one down. That was a super fun. You one. want to talk about brawls and stuff. That was a super fun one as well, um, which is really good. So, all right. So, tournament in the bag. Let's jump straight into Dominion, my man. You got the rundown of matches. Yeah. If not, I got them here and we'll. I sure do. I got it right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, let's start from the opening of the match. The, the opening match. Yeah, the, the opening of, of the match. match. Yeah. The, the opening of the match. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. Just eight minutes of fucking white hot awesomeness. Mm-hmm. A number one contenders match for the U- uh, for the IWGP US. It says on the results page, it says heavyweight. It does H-E-A-B-Y say heavyweight. Hey, before heavyweight. we get all the way into this, do you want to do our intro and tell people who we are? <laughs> Twenty two, just twenty three minutes in before we jump into the Dominion review. <laughs> That's not the worst we've ever done. No. That's not the worst. No, we've, d- uh, we've done yes, longer. Yes, we are the king of shorts, the international wrestling grand pricks. Uh, that's your <laughs> I'm your good friend, Curtis Spears. That's your bad friend, Ray Fuse. How are you doing tonight? Hey, I am good. 11 p.m., 11.06 p.m. on a Tuesday night, and I'm ready for it. Let's get it. You know what You know what today is? What's it? It's uh, our boy Michael Richards' birthday. Oh, I did. I sent him a message. Happy birthday, Michael Richards. Happy co-host of the Richards. podcast, Michael Richards from the yeah, Farley Dojo. Third, third co-host, fourth yeah. co-host. Yeah, third or fourth. I forget the tally. We, I need to put like a noteboard up here. You know what I mean? So I can have impertinent <laughs> fucking podcast facts in front of me. Podcast facts. Yeah, exactly. With Rafe. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Settle in, cunts. Let's go. Settle in. Yeah, Here we go. Exactly. But yeah, uh, so yeah the first match. Lance Archer. IWGP US Heavyweight Championship number one contender match. Will Ospreay beats Lance Archer with the hidden blade like 14 times in a row. Uh, mm-hmm. This match was so much fun. Yeah. You can tell these guys just love working together. Mm-hmm. Um, how did How did you feel about the match? I'd say a couple of things. First, former Perth Panthers quarterback Lance Archer. When I uh, met him and oh. I told him I, I was from Perth, he told me he lived here for a time. He had an uncle that lived here in Perth, West Australia, and he came over and people got word he was here and they're like, 
you are big, tall and American. Surely you play football. And he's like, yeah. And he became like the quarterback of a team here for a time. So that was like a running joke for a bit. you think you could find a jersey? Hey? Oh, it's so long ago. It's like I don't think that team exists anymore. But if I could, I absolutely would. I'd have to look into it. But, uh, yeah, I haven't, haven't been able to sort of uh, – Interact with Pride him since the, he joined AEW. Pride of the Perth Panthers, Lance Archer. Exactly. Way to go, buddy. Pride of the Perth Panthers, Lance Archer. Um, fucking love seeing Lance back. And like you said, you can tell they love working together. When you remember when when Lance Archer essentially became the Murder Hawk monster, it was against Will Ospreay. That's when he debuted that look. And when he opened that G1, it was those two in the first round. And that's when you were like, yo, this is a whole new fucking dude right now. You know what I mean? When he started doing backflips off the top rope and stuff, it was all with Will Ospreay. So this was like a, a real full circle moment. And I, I thought they both killed it, man. I really enjoyed it. I've always got time for Lance. I, I kind of wish he was back in New Japan. I don't think they're really utilizing him heaps in AW. So I've liked these little, you know, spots for him. But I, I could see him all the time. And I wish he was in the G1 as well because I like him a lot. Oh, he did. He did a lot of fun stuff in last year's G1. Uh, you can tell the Japanese fans fucking love him. I love it. Yeah. They were so excited to see him back. So yeah, it, it it's a shame that he's not still here. But I think the uh, living closer to home, and, or uh, working closer to home, and the the schedule that he's working in AEW is probably better for him right now because he's not a young guy. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. But yeah, if he can parachute in and do these, you know one-offs and stuff like that, drop in for a tournament, drop in for a little thing like this. I, I think it's awesome. I really enjoyed the match as well, and I like the finish too. I thought I thought it was cool where Will's just like, I just got to keep going until he, I fucking cut him down. Yeah, I've got to fucking elbow him into non-existence. Yeah. What would you think of his uh, his mask, Lance's mask? When he I liked out? it. Yeah, I thought it was I cool. it was cool as yeah, fuck. I thought it was cool. I liked the big match white, and I liked the... The mask and I like the white. Oh, I didn't even just say that. Yeah, the white, the white with the gold trim, very opulent. Yeah, we love that here. Fucking Curtis skin pumped on that every time. The uh, I thought his mask looked like a xenomorph. It was really fucking cool. Yeah, it was absolutely. Um. So yeah, shorts. Absolutely. Let's go to the second match, which was uh, just four of the guys versus lij so we had takamichi noku doki yoshinobu kanemaru and paichi versus titan bushi shingo takagi and tetsuya naito uh, ta- uh titan gets the win over takamichi noku with yave immortal mm-hmm. um fucking how okay you know how everybody in lij comes out with their own theme and they stand at the top of the mm-hmm. the ramp like you love that shit they're all striking yeah. poses and, and cutting shapes and stuff mm-hmm. Teton's fucking entrance. You know how Teton loves him <laughs> he, some fucking Teton, right? He loves his own music and he just feels every single second of it. I love him every coming out first because he's just like every fucking drip Point he can milk ring. out of it. Yeah. Point at the sky. <laughs> Everybody. Teton time. Yeah. You know, like he's love fucking it. just feeling it, bro. Yeah. He he gets into it. I love him coming out first. It's so fucking good. He sets the it, he sets the tone. He, he's it's funny because like Teton loves being in LIJ mm-hmm. like every time you see like every day he's posting pictures of him with another member of LIJ mm-hmm. or like multiple pictures of him with dudes from LIJ just like 
just having a good time. Yeah, just he loving wa- life. He wanted it, eh? And and he got it. So he's killing it. I loved uh, in the final how they all came out wearing his shirt. That was sick. That was rad. Yeah, seeing the the El Immortal uh, Lij shirt. God, I want one. God, I want one. And he loves it. Uh, so, uh, what what did you think? What did you think about this? Just a, a good like eight man tag. Yeah, just just Point, like. Really good fun, um, nice start to the show, and also worth noting, um, I hadn't had a chance to say it, but how good is it having Gino back on commentary for the show Gino fucking Gambino. He was so good, man. (laughs) There was a few calls and stuff like Kevin Kelly where he was just like laughing so hard at what Kevin done. He's like, I just love you for that, Kevin. It was so good. can we say that it, it wasn't actually a full Gino Gambino? It was only like two thirds of Gino Gambino. Yeah, he's, Way to he's, fucking he's go, been put, putting in the work, man. Putting in the work back in Japan, so good. And yeah, the friendship goals of like a Kevin Kelly, a Gino, and a Chris as a, a trio is is something to behold. I was so happy. It, like I had no idea that he was going to be on that show. Uh, so when I when I turned it on and I I hear this voice, Kevin, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I love Gino Gambino. That guy fucking rules. He was so good. Did you see the thing where uh, it was like backstage and they were talking about that uh, meat match that Oscar was going to have and Kevin's just going through the rules and <laughs> and it's like, and he's like, yeah, and then we all get Yakadiko barbecue and Gino's like, yes, <laughs> like way too excited and he's like, oh, wait, was I not supposed to? <laughs> like, is that camera on? <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> way too fucking pumped about it it was awesome those fucking meat matches they just they don't show them to us and it makes me sad I, oh, it I because makes me sad too. you want to see the young lions like i always want to watch the young lions yeah because i always want to see how they're how they're doing how they're developing mm-hmm. you know um and like these matches where they're doing a gauntlet you know mm-hmm. through each other that's the best way to get to know yeah you know like i i loved it what was it a couple of years ago during the G1 when they had, it was Gabe and Yuya and Yoda, mm-hmm. Suji. Mm-hmm. And they kept like having the, um, they'd have two of them mm-hmm. every night, yeah. you know, like as a, as a preview match before the G1 matches started. I fucking loved that yeah. because you, you get to see like how each one's developing, um, how they differ from each other. You get to see them against another person who's at their same level mm-hmm. and like really spot the differences and really kind of pick your favorite, Yeah, you know? So, and it was like, I would um, love, Oh, sorry. You go. I would love to see that kind of personality is, is yeah. All. Even if they didn't, um, even if they didn't want to show it on the main broadcast or whatever, it would be really cool if you know how, like, when they first go up, it's all matches, but then eventually they put it up where they break down all the matches. It would be real cool if it was, like, just there as an option that you could select, like, and watch that. Exactly. Yeah, that would be really cool. But, like, part of it, it's a huge part of the development of the Young Lions and, like, how you end up feeling about them. Like, we know that... Yoda Suji and Yuya Oemura debuted on the same day and they traded, like, they were drawing against each other forever. Like, I don't even know. And I think, like, one got a win over over the other and then the other got it straight back. You know what I mean? They were, like, really tired and really even. And now Yoda Suji's come back and he's made this big debut and you're like, 
but his nemesis is like not far away. Like, and you know that's coming and that's really exciting. And wh- will they be together or will they be against each other? Like, you don't know. I uh, I also want to, speaking of young lions, we're going to step back in time just a minute uh, to when we were talking about uh, Lance Archer. And of course, Lance Archer comes out <laughs> oh, and the very yeah. first thing he does is just absolutely just shatter Oscar Leva. Yeah. And then he turns around and the next thing he does, he throws a nice like forearm right into uh <laughs> right into Oleg. Yeah. And Oleg goes, oh, I'm gonna sell that, but motherfucker. <laughs> like you could I I I don't know how like you know when people come out and they push around the young lions mm-hmm. and then they go to push around Oleg and it's like why? Why are you even pretending? Yeah, yeah, just, exactly. Just, Oleg would snap you the fucking half right now. <laughs> He's like, hey. <laughs> but he's still not. It's like some of the young lions are like fucking flipping over the railings and doing crazy shit. He's still not doing that. <laughs> no, no. It's like fucking you want to throw reason. me over the fucking over the rail. You're going to throw me over the fucking rail. Yeah, yeah. Do exactly. It. Come here and Dare do it, boy. You. I saw that um, we'll talk about him more, but Finley shaping up to him and shit and Oleg's just, he wasn't really backing down, but he was just like hands up like, hey, we've got no beef kind of thing. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, right. we'll get to the next match. The next match. match was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Knight and Kushida losing to catch 2-2, Francesco Akira and TJP, mm-hmm. 10 minutes and 38 seconds. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champions catch two two, um, ba- belts back where they belong, you know. I would say so. They they shouldn't have they shouldn't have really taken them off anyway, mm-hmm. but uh, I think the idea of putting a putting a little gold around the waist of Kevin Knight was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it added to the story. Kushida story as well because like yeah. Kushida's whole story is he's like stuck in the past, right? And he's got this like young lad with him who's helping him win things. And even when he ends up in trouble and outnumbered, who fucking comes and rescues him? It's like the young dude, right? So they're kind of riding high, but it's like, can he do it on his own? And it proves over the tournament that he can't. He, he needs to evolve. Like the only win he gets is from like the time when he's not doing that. And so it was essentially shown like by him having that, that like he was just like clutching onto somebody else almost, you know what I mean? And so I think it's just all part of that. Whereas if he had taken a loss and TJP and that still had it, he would just still kind of be a loser. You know what I mean? It, yeah, I feel like it just added like a nice little wrinkle. Whereas though, you know, those losses that he was taking were adding potential challenger after challenger after challenger. Like he was racking up fucking potential enemies, obviously, um, catch 2-2 cashed in first because they, they had right to challenge, but it, it felt a bit like any of these dudes that are beating him could pull together a team and come for those titles. And so it felt like the stakes were increasing with every loss that he took. And I was wondering even if they wouldn't run straight to catch 2-2, if it would be like now the Jet Setters need to go on a bit of a gauntlet through the junior tag league kind of thing to hold on to the titles which could have been a cool sub story of them like narrowly holding onto the belts as like Kevin Knight's getting wins and fucking Kushida's nearly losing it, you know. That would have been very cool. I I think maybe because G1's coming up, they don't feel like they would have had the time uh, yeah, to tell that story. That would absolutely be what it is. Yeah. But so they kind but, of told that in a sense in the in the best of the super juniors tournament. 
like without them doing it as a tag team, they were, that's what they were essentially kind of showing, you know. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Like Kushida, you know, like we were saying, people people that had like shit tournaments still entertained and still told great stories. Like Kushida had a shit tournament, but it was not because he was wrestling badly. It was because he didn't get the results he wanted or the results that we expected. Mm-hmm. But the evolution that he was uh showing like he bully kushida is coming yeah you know we're gonna get full-on you know limb collector kushida and it's gonna be sad to see like time splitter you know marty mcfly go away but Mm -hmm. it's gonna be really cool to see what kushida could do as a serious badass fucking taking taking your shoulder taking your knees uh and and fucking putting them on a chain around his neck (laughs) exactly how how fun like how clever, I guess, a story in a sense, like when he came back, we're like, he's not evolving. He's still just like stuck in the past. And it's like, of course he is. He's Marty McFly. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Of course he's stuck in the past. He needs to come back to the future and become the next thing, you know? And as long as he's Mm -hmm. stuck there, he's just going to keep walking old ground and the rest of the field have moved on without him. So Yeah, I love that. It's it's like... You left for five years to try and make yourself better, but really all you did was play down. And, uh, you know, when you come back here, like these aren't young boys anymore. Yeah. You know, these are full fledged men who have been working New Japan schedules and New Japan matches Mm -hmm. while you were convalescing in the WWE because you, you know, you've got this injury Mm -hmm. and then your, your pushes were cut short and you were kind of in NXT with a bunch of fucking dudes who aren't really up to your level yet. You come back here where people are at the level that you were at when you left, and you're not at that level anymore. Yeah. You're still here, like, whereas everyone's moved on without you. So, yeah, exactly right. I think I think there's cool things to come from him, and so I'm looking forward to seeing his evolution. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, okay, next match: Zack Saber Jr. defeats Jeff Cobb in eight minutes and forty six seconds with a crucifix pin the fucking coolest escape from a tour of the islands I've ever it seen was, in my right. life. I thought that was a fucking, what a great fucking match. This was, I was having so much fun watching it. Yeah. It was, it was super fun. It was so fast. Like, yeah, exactly. You said it was what under nine minutes and it was yep. just like on. And it was, it was awesome, man. Their, their juncture position of styles and how different they are is just really cool. And um, yeah, I, it doesn't even feel like it's the end of their, rivalry in a sense you know what i mean because zach has managed to eke him out and the cool thing about his title and the identity of it is it really works to his strengths you know he's a hard man to fucking keep down at the best of times and even there was like he'd take you know some brutal move and then immediately you see him just rolling out of the ring you know because he he can just waste time like he just needs to survive 15 minutes and he's already so slippery I love, I love the, this title is my favorite title in New Japan. Mm -hmm. Like it's the one that I look forward to seeing the most. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's partly because of who's holding it. Mm -hmm. It's partly because of the rules for the title. It's partly because of the people that are, are competing for the title. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love the NJPW television championship. Like seeing uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defend this title in Ring of Honor, seeing him defend it you know, in new Japan, seeing him defended on strong shows, seeing like all these different things that he's done. Mm -hmm. um, He's really establishing this 
you know this ugly ass belt to be something really fucking special i love it i yeah. love it so much i completely agree completely agree it's awesome and they've just given him the opportunity to just run with it and it's dope it's so much fun he's already got he's already racked up nine defenses <laughs> so like what they said they wanted to do you know focus focus on um younger generation mm-hmm. okay cool then they say that they want to you know have this on their social media mm-hmm. and they want to have this title kind of go around and then like be defended as often as it possibly can and he's fucking doing that yeah. like he's already at his 10th defense will be his next one yeah. you know that's huge and like how long's he had it for uh fucking like just barely six months yeah that's crazy that's awesome super duper badass absolutely um every time every time i watch jeff cobb like absolutely huck a man (laughs) it just reminds me so much of of like he reminds me of dr death steve williams back in the old agpw or ajpw days Mm -hmm. all japan dr death Mm -hmm. i love it so much jeff cobb fucking rules I would not have been sad if they put put this belt on Jeff Cobb. No, I, I thought it would. Could have... I thought it was probably going to happen. You know, like you asked me to make a wild prediction before this show even happened, and like I said, I'm like, we could be looking at a situation where every belt changes hands. That was that's the the status quo they've they've built into us and put into a, into place with that Sonata change and with everything that's been happening. It feels like completely uncertain ground, and it's so refreshing. It really is. It really is. I mean, at, at this point, if they're if they didn't put the belt, they well, they did not. If they don't put the belt on Jeff Cobb, uh, you know, do you do you see fucking anybody taking that off of Zach? Zach's fucking the man right now. Yeah, it's it's hard to think of him like who would be the person, but I feel like whoever it is, it'll be an upset when it happens. I mean, it it definitely could be. It definitely could be. And, or maybe it'll be like, you know, we'll all, I will all look at it and go like, that was the right fucking move. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I have complete faith that whatever happens with that belt, I'll be watching it and fucking loving it. Mm-hmm. I, I am absolutely in love with the world TV championship right now. And anybody that's listening to this and you don't have new Japan world, you can see all his matches for free, right? Like every time, uh you look on there the japan world matches are are free and can be watched regardless yep the tv the tv title uh championship matches are all put on social media for free to watch Mm -hmm. uh and i would suggest this is one that if you're trying to get a friend into new japan Mm -hmm. like that's one that i would just be like hey man fucking watch this Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and and then, this match like specifically of those would be a good one. Nine minutes long. It's fucking awesome. Who was who was it he faced in uh Ring of Honor recently? Um not Lee Moriarty. Who the fuck was it? I don't remember. I'm not really up to date really. with AEW guys, but it was really good too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh let's go on to the fifth match, which was the IWGP tag team and strong open weight tag team championship match three way. Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto Bishamon mm-hmm. versus Yujiro Takahashi and Evil, mm-hmm. the House of Torture, versus Great Okan and our friend Aaron Hinare. Mm-hmm. So I loved this match. I thought it was so much fun. <laughs> there was a lot of shit fucking going down, but it, it was a lot of fun. The wrong team won, though. Should have put it on Hinare and fucking 
and not Cobb, definitely but... should have put it on Nari and Cobb, or I'm going to go so far as to say you should have put it on Yujiro and Evil. <laughs> you, you evil motherfucker. I, they, House of Torture was like fucking they were turning on it on. They match. had so many fucking members, and it was so funny. Like Gino being so into it, and Kevin being so mad about it. He's like, "You can look at you there, Gino, with that Cheshire grit on your face." <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much, Kevin. Yeah. Um. It, it was so. It was so good to see. Like, just a. a it was not a work ready match. You just had a work ready match right before this. This was just a little palate cleanser. It was fun. It you got dudes in there who are doing their moves. You know, you got Aaron Hanari in there who's playing the straight man for for the House of Torture shenanigans. That was great. You got the the heeliest moment in the entire year of 2023, <laughs> as voted by the women of Japan, yeah. which was show uh, low blowing our friend the great okan the champion of the british all hail unacceptable and unacceptable the women of japan uh it's as if you could hear them all crying out at once it was so sad um he was only able to have sex with one woman's that night <laughs> only one only one. Oh no that's, i'm sure i'm bad. sure maybe it, you know maybe i mean it's a couple a before exaggeration that, so it is a work <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, just the heliest thing you ever could do. Yeah, but um, uh, but, but there were a few near falls here, man. Where I was like, oh fuck, like like Ujiro near falls as well, like hitting pimp juice and shit. And I'm like, this is done. Ujiro's taken. When he hit, who was it? Was it uh, Goto that he hit pimp juice on? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think so. so. Oh my god, I was like, it's done. Yeah, this fucking is fucking house of torture. Yeah, I I now that you say it, I probably wouldn't have hated it. To be fair. <laughs> I would have, I would have fucking, I, I would have loved it. it. Yeah. I'm gonna, hey, you know what? Here we go. Let's start talking about putting evil back in the, uh, back in the world championship picture. Come on now, come on. This is getting, let's get too evil. I'm that's, just saying, evil, a, evil cool. was one of my favorite parts of the best of Super Juniors tournament. What he and Show were doing, mm -hmm. it was refreshing. It was fun. Mm -hmm. I uh, I really thought that maybe they could do something cool with Evil and Sonata. Did I just say that? Holy this shit. Is, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I Oh, man, that would be the ultimate test from Sonata. You think you're doing well now? Now give us a good match with Evil. Could be a thing. <laughs> I'm not convinced it can be a thing. Uh, but either way, I and, had a good time. Uh, I thought Hanare and Great Okan were great together. I love the Kitamura tribute. Uh, I love them like fucking that was really getting pitching. pumped up and psyching each other up the whole time. Hanare looking jacked. Fucking Okan just, it's just so much like, like you said, push this man. Like, he's just so good. I really, so I really thought they were going to get there. I thought I thought it was going to happen. I thought Hanara was going to get his first belt. He'll get one. So yeah, it's coming. Oh, of course, it's absolutely coming. I um I would also like to talk about what happened after this match, when we saw the debut of the Bullet Club War Dogs. Mm. Oh, we didn't even the fucking Andrew. we didn't even talk about the juniors, the fucking Clark Connors oh, and the Dan shit. Maloney turn. Let's talk about the War Dogs, then we're going to rewind to talk about that. Jesus Christ. 
Who are we? So yeah, who are we? Fucking amateurs. Mm. We're terrible at podcasting. Yeah, we are. Um, we so we're talking about the war dogs. You know, we hear a fucking a sweet say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill new theme mm-hmm. outcome gabe kid and alex coglin mm-hmm. looking like fucking units mm-hmm. and just destroy bishamon fucking just work them <laughs> and uh kick the fuck out of them fucking oh my god like coglin looks mm-hmm. insane yeah like that and that like, was with shirt on thousand coglin yeah thousand <laughs> yard stare coglin like just, was it you that tweeted like kill mode activated like when he yeah his fucking eyes <laughs> looks literally yeah, the, like the, a madman and gabe kid just talking so much shit it was fucking so good i loved it yeah. oh, i loved it bro i love the whole thing i love i love that david finley has taken over the la dojo mm-hmm. like He's he's he wants absolute murderers. That's what he's got. He wants people who have felt like New Japan owes them, mm-hmm. and he's got a bunch of dudes who you know they're just not doing shit with. Yeah. So and now that they're all going to be in the fucking G one, we get to see Gabe in the G one. Yeah. We get to see fucking Coglin in the G one. He's gonna deadlift the entire fucking block. Bro. I know it's gonna be sick. It's gonna oh, be absolutely so sick, and it's so exciting to see where it goes. And fuck. That's not even talking about the future and potential fucking Finlay versus Shibata matches if he can ever wrestle in Japan again. <laughs> like when you talk about the you fucking corrupted my entire dojo class is pretty interesting. But rewinding to the uh, the Dan Maloney turn at the end oh. of the Catch 2-2 fucking thing. That was – did you see that coming? Like, Chef's fucking – kiss yeah oh see, my God, i saw it coming cool. it was like because not because i saw it coming but because when i turned on the show live it was already in the elp match and i was like who the fuck else is outside and it wasn't until one point where he took a bump i'm like that's dan maloney and now he's like bullet club like i didn't know what had happened so i didn't get that awesome turn like were you spoiled in advance or you didn't see it coming i i did not see it coming because like i knew that there was somebody else in bullet club mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't see the picture I saw because I, I looked at Twitter for a minute and the, the picture I saw was like David Finley, Coglin, um, and and Connors and Gabe. And I couldn't see who the who the fifth person was. And I was like, oh, that's not ghetto. Who the fuck is that? Mm. But then, yeah, the the turn executed so fucking well, like the the absolute showmanship of Connors strutting down to the ring. Here's my new fucking uh, partner. Yeah. And Dan Maloney the whole time, like, who the fuck? Are, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. you know. And then just mauls him, eh? And I, th- I oh. think it suits him perfect. Like, like it, he, it fits him better. Like, I was like, oh, that's cool having him in United Empire kind of thing. Like, that's that seems cool. But then when he lines up with those dudes, it's like, of course, that fucking works so much better. He, t- he seemed just that bit more scummier than the other guys, you know? Like, and it just works and him and 
and Connors as a unit, it's going to be sick. Like, I mean, oh, it. as a unit, two fucking units yeah, as yeah. a unit. Oh my mm-hmm. god, Power Juniors, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you know what's funny is I'm, I mean the watching... Power Juniors are essentially the same size as their heavyweight team, so they're all the fucking right? like, yeah. So, like Clark absolute... Connors is the shortest, and everybody else is the same fucking size. Dude, like... David Finley's the dude with the worst body in that entire. I know. He's the boss. But like Gabe Kidd talking all that shit during the match, he's like, he's the best fucking leader that the Bullet Club has ever seen. <laughs> Just oh, yelling so at Kevin Kelly and shit. It's so good. But so yeah. I we, was watching I was watching the, the match where uh, Maloney faced Akira and joined the United Empire. Mm-hmm. And like he was so like vitriolic towards Will Ospreay, right? Like during the match and, and before the match and stuff really? like that. And then, like the second Osprey offered him the the armband, he fucking took it and came out with a he came out with Osprey and Ocon the next like the next time you saw them, like he was a hundred percent about it. Yeah, and it was just like, oh, that was a fucking swing. Yeah, and it's like it's now like it now wasn't. I know he was just get me into New Japan and then I'll deal with it later. Kind of thing yep. was it was how it was. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man, and. I even like the little touch of him and Clark having this huge brawl against each other, but like, no, there was no winner. You know what I mean? Like they yep. were like, of course they just beat the fuck out of each other and became best friends. Like it's, like, you know, it it works really well, uh, and I'm very excited to like see how it goes and and like a whole new face on this Bullet Club stuff. Now we had a, a um, listener ask us a question tonight. The positive Michael wrestling Redding. fan, yeah, exactly. The positive wrestling fan makes uh, custom action figures for wrestling and a, a big it's some supporter. Of the best custom oh, action figures I've ever seen. I in know my it's life. literally nuts, and we're guys that like fucking paint miniatures, and we're like, yo, <laughs> like. But he said, "How much better is Bullet Club now than previous years?" I'm all for the change, and I would say, Michael, that you just heard it. Like we're fucking pumped on it and we're very excited to see where it goes i also wonder if you mentioned uh david finlay's look i mean he's obviously been improving all the time with his fitness i wonder if hanging out with those other fucking boys will drastically change his fitness level because like you can't be fucking hanging out with coglin and connors and shit and training with them and on the same bus with them and shit and not be at their level right like they're gonna positively influence him in some ways. No, bro, do you die like this? Do this, fucking blah, blah, blah. Maloney, you know what I mean? Like these dudes are all body dudes. So I wouldn't be very surprised, like wouldn't be surprised at all to see huge physique changes from fucking, you know, from uh, Finlay and from Gabe Kidd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's all that Finlay's missing. Once he gets... Uh, once he gets a hold of that, once he learns like to unlock that 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 part of him, yeah, that's the final piece of the puzzle. Just that, just that that's... next level of physique, like takes yep. you into that next stratosphere. And we'll, I don't know if we'll really get into the G one tonight. Like, I don't think I think we need to do another episode where we break it down in way more detail. But it was very telling, don't you think that like when they started announcing the G1 competitors, it was like Okada, Naito, Tanahashi, you know what I mean, Osprey. Finlay was the sixth person they announced. 
And my, my yeah, wife was, was sitting next to me. Yeah, it was all the leaders, right? And my wife even, even said, she's like, do people care about Finlay kind of thing? And I'm like, well, they just announced him six. And she was like, yo, that's a pretty big deal because it was over other people that have been more established for a while. So obviously they count him, you know, one of the top guys. Yeah, and I, I like I said, I think once once he gets that, gets his physique game going, like the sky's the limit. Yeah, like Dave Finley could become like IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, absolutely, that's just the last. That's the last piece of the puzzle. Yeah, and he he was winning Amy over too because she's like you know watched New Japan with me for a long time, not as religiously as I do, but she's known him since he was you know tubby sort of weird dude with a chin strap beard and like leopard skin fucking trunks you know what i mean like like for ages like we just used to call him like fat and shit because he was like just so so cut such a tragic figure and she's like did anybody fucking buy him as this and and then like when he was coming out and he had his whole crew and she's like is it like harder to sort of be this like she's like not character wise but physically, because he's got to stay on people, right? And I said, I'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly the change that we saw in him straight away. It's like the aggression. I'm like, he never lets up. Whereas like Jay White matches, you know, he'd grind them down and he'd be slowing it down. He'd be talking to the crowd. He'd be doing all these things. Finlay just fucking started mauling people, you know. As soon as he gets that's- an opportunity, he just like fucking destroys them. And like I have with this exact- physical power moves, it's fucking really impressive that he keeps up that level of cardio and intensity for as long as he does. I had this exact fucking conversation with a dude after, uh, after the Rev Pro show, um, they were talking some dude on the bus, uh, home was talking about how like, Oh, they've just turned David Finley into the next Jay white. And it was like, nah, bro. Like, mm-hmm. are you watching the same matches I am? Cause mm-hmm. like he's, he wrestles nothing like Jay white. Yeah. And it, of nothing course, like of course he would like fucking model his look on Jay White because it's almost like a fucking I'm going to take what you did and do it better. So it's two levels of it. It's A, him mocking him and B, like of this is, I guess this is what I'm supposed to look like in Bullet Club kind of thing. But then he starts to carve out his own niche from there, you know, look the part and then be the part. So I I don't even think he'll be exactly the same forever, you know what I mean? But he, he had to, you know, begin to have an extreme physical change for people to take him seriously. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, I, I just think that he's he's definitely he's morphing into something new, and it's yeah. really fucking exciting to see. And Bullet Club is morphing right along with him. Yeah. And uh, anyone who's looking at Bullet Club as a loss right now, mm-hmm. you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be dope, man. The fact that he's just put together like two tag teams for, you know, World Tag League and Junior Tag and guys for the G1 and shit like that, like he's put together winners. And in his post-match shit, he was like, in my new Bullet Club, we collect gold or we bring home bodies. And like I was like, that's such a fucking sick ethos. <laughs> How fucking cool was that? He's just like, we, we're either winning or we're putting you in the ground. It's one of the two, you know. And when you look at Clark's that. tournament – it's exactly what he was doing the whole time. He wasn't getting heaps of wins, but even if he fucking got rolled up or got beat or whatever, he then beat them the fuck down afterwards. You know what I mean? Left him in a wreckage. like, And that's the kind of aggression that you're going to expect out of that new 
Bullet Club, and I loved it as well. Like, um, I mean, we'll we'll talk probably more. I mean, are we we I guess we're at that match anyway. But like after the ELP match as well, like fucking. Clark Connors and that just yell like we them dogs like, they're fucking yeah. like you know what I mean they're just like all on board and all absolutely for it um it's probably probably everything Bullet Club but what do you let's talk about non Bullet Club what do you think about the new El Phantasmo I did like the start to his music I did think it repeated ELP way too many times like I couldn't oh, just the same like it was the same like two phrases over and over again. it was l and then like it's a bit much then after that you got like four bars of some nothing and then like it went back to root to the it was kind of like a guitar heavier version of his old theme right like a less you know a more metal version less dubstepy version but i could have started with the like just you get the elp and this e lp or whatever and then it's just riffs you know you don't need to he kind of looked around like he was trying to get him the crowd yelling it sort of thing and it's like i'm you know, i'm sure know. that'll i'm sure that'll come oh i mean it's it definitely will we'll, we'll be fucking talking about this later like it's the best theme in new japan in six months but uh in, in the meantime though i thought his look was cool i thought he evolved it nicely i wasn't sure if he'd like completely change what he was doing but i i like that he's kind of got like a little bit more hontai type version obviously he talked about um he's like i wear these blue shorts with pride and stuff because he had the like lion mark you know tracksuit kind of shorts on and then so he went with those colors uh with everything he was doing and i thought i'd never really seen babyface energy elp wrestler full match before i know that's what he used to do before he came to new japan as like a bullet club heel but, like, seeing his, like, moveset, watching him and Finlay were, like, watching two completely different wrestlers because Finlay's become this super brutal fucking just devastating kind of power wrestler and fucking ELP's become this fucking elusive, super high spot fucking baby face. And you're like, who are these two guys? They're both wrestling completely different styles than what we'd seen from them in the past. I uh, I absolutely loved it, and I think the crowd really got behind it. Like, Definitely. it's hard for the crowd not to like really dig a uh, like a high flyer. You know, that's like when Will's a bad guy; he's kind of got to change change his move set just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think it's really really cool what ELP was doing. I think the crowd is absolutely like over the moon with his performance right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think he's coming. He's coming together really well. I think uh, we're going to see a lot more of him in this um, G1 that's coming up, and I'm really excited for that. I I'm still waiting for him to kind of like fall into a a group. I mm. guess you know I'm, it's going to be Hantai. It looks he like he kind of like, was talking about that in his post match. He was kind of saying, "Oh well, that didn't work out too well. Six against one wasn't my fucking ideal situation." And he's like. And plus, I spent the last three years being a dickhead and everybody fucking hates me. <laughs> it's like I've got no friends left. My few friends I do have work elsewhere. And he's like, but you know what? He's like, this isn't over. And he's like, and I bet I can find a few people that want to punch you in the mouth. So let's see what happens. So I guess he's going to start to gather people around him, whether that's for a whole new faction or, you know, drawing up the fucking the lines of Hontai where they're all on the same page or whatever, you know. Maybe we're talking G.O.D., maybe we're talking Tanahashi, whatever, you know, but he's 
he's gonna try to get together some allies to fight them. I dig it. Mm-hmm. I dig that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, next match mm-hmm. was Hiromu defeating Master Watto in 19 minutes and 50 seconds with Time Bomb 2. I loved this match. I didn't think it was as good as uh, Watto and Teton. Maybe that's just me. But um, it really seemed like this uh, this is Watto's like Wrestle Kingdom 12 moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this is where he he's... He is ready. He's ready for that crowning achievement, but it's taken out from under him at the last minute. Yeah. Um, he's on the cusp of something great. He's on the precipice. But uh, yeah, I feel like Watto is his championship material. Mm-hmm. And uh, it could be as early as, you know, Wrestle Kingdom. You know, maybe he gets a win on the road to wrestling kingdom and uh you know beats hiromu there could be a thing um i don't really know if hiromu is going to drop the belt between here and there because he is still talking about the the 12 win mark that he wants to get to mm-hmm. um man this was a really really fucking good match and it was it wasn't disappointing mm-hmm. because it was it was great um it was sad that wado didn't win but it just it's gonna make that that win a little bit more sweet very soon Mm. that's the thing about new japan though they're gonna make you wait for it you know wado's whole story has been like you know he kept working and he was shit at this and he kept working and then he got beat up you know and kept working and all that and so if he just sort of like like winning the best of the super juniors in itself was a huge achievement and he still gets to like carry around that trophy and claim that you know for a year, essentially. So they're probably not in a rush like to just belt him up immediately. And I think for his kind of character and for who he is, the longer that takes, the sweeter it will be when he eventually does it. You know what I mean? Might be a whole other year kind of before it happens, but he'll eventually, he'll he'll keep growing in front of our eyes and when he eventually gets there, it'll be as sweet as it was when he won it, you know, won the best of the Super Juniors. So... I think um I think it was a really fun match. I also I think I preferred the the tea time match as well, but there was sort of definitely heaps of fun and and I I think it's going to be really cool. I don't even know if he'll be the one to necessarily take it off Hiromu. I feel like Desperado's more his nemesis than Hiromu is, um, but his journey's going to be one to keep on watching. And I I think by the time that's all said and done. We'll be looking, you know, a couple of years down the track and looking at Wato like, how has this guy come so far? Like from where he started, you know? I mean, when you're at the absolute fucking rock bottom, the only way is up, right? Exactly right. And, but how far he's already come is, is crazy. So yeah. So super enjoyed it, man. It was really fun. Um, And I, I love his moveset, you know, the, the, Everest German and he even brought in a receipt Permente two or whatever when he beat Teton, I think it was. Like he he's developing his moveset and improving things and doing stuff. So, you know, that all always bodes really well. Yeah, he's still like still evolving, still becoming something new. And like there's so many ways that he can beat you, right? He's got the the RPP, he's got 
the Recitamente, he's got the Bendeval, he's got the Everest German, mm-hmm. like, dude, like, he's becoming an absolute fucking weapon, eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got lots of moves that can end matches at any point. And, like, and like Hiromu was still in Bendeval like it was fucking death. I thought he was gone a few times. Like, I was like, oh, yo, he's yeah. about to just fucking, like, the match is going to get stopped and he's going to have choked him out, like, and that's really cool. Because Waito of the past, we would have been like, there's no chance to get one. Remember when fucking Waito versus Okada and he just smoked him in fucking two seconds? <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. the, uh, and there was a new Japan cup or whatever. And he's just like, lol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just nah, absolutely bro. minced him and rolled. And that's very true to form of where Okada is now. So, yeah, that's a, that's awesome. Um, what did you think of this multi man tag? Uh, that we had. So it was the what eighth match, uh, never open weight six man tag team championship match. Ishii, Tanahashi, and Okada versus Shota Umino, Claudio Castagnoli, and Moxley. Apparently, it almost didn't happen. I think uh, Castagnoli's plane was late or something. So they, they moved this match. This match was originally supposed to be on before Wata and Hiromu. Yeah. So Castagnoli uh, almost didn't make the venue. Uh, plane got delayed, but he did. Uh, they they pushed the match back, and I think it's for the better. Uh, really, like when you have a big show like Dominion, you've got like big Western superstars coming over, mm-hmm. uh, like John Moxley. You've got your you know your company aces in Tanahashi and Okada. Like maybe this is where it was supposed to be. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like this was just it the did feel like a going, big, nah, It did feel like a big deal. And I guess like Wato and that would have had a lot to live up to playing after them. Like imagine yeah, you, you the, have that mo- that fucking Okada Danielson announcement, and then you go into like Wato's entrance. You know what I mean? Like it's probably it probably worked out for the best. So I think um, the funny thing about this match uh, reminded me a lot of like Western style. Like this is a match Hakes, that like yeah. w- with the exception of the people that are in it, this is the kind of match you would see on like an AEW dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'd see like a six man tag. That's like just a bunch of fun and like shit happening and like good, good stuff. The thing that set it up uh, above that is the fact that it was Tanahashi and Okada, yeah. you know, and, and, and those, the level of competition, like, it was cool to see them in a different sort of sort of style mm-hmm. match mm-hmm. Uh, and bringing their flavor to it with Okada still being dickhead Okada <laughs> and like working shooters as like much as he possibly could. Mm-hmm. Can we just for a second sit down and talk about the the Blackpool Combat Club? Mm-hmm. Just four absolute fucking workers. Mm-hmm. Claudio Castagnoli who can deadlift the fucking world. John Moxley who's <laughs> like blood and blood and blood uh wheeler yoda who's like trying to become a super badass and you've got like he said the litmus test brian danielson the american dragon the fucking best like technical wrestler in the world right now <clears throat> behind zsj um <laughs> you've got these four dudes who are bad motherfuckers mm-hmm. and then you've got the absolute care bear of shooter you know <laughs> Coming out with his like Mr. Tumnus pants on, looking like he's fucking belongs in Lion the Witch in the wardrobe. But they will, but they will fucking come to his defense. They're like, you don't fuck with our little brother. You don't, you don't talk about our little mascot old feather here. pants. 
I was like, when they came out, when they came out in the crowd, I'm like, for sure, Shooter's going to be in his fight gear, same as those dudes. You know what I mean? He's going to nope. he's gonna have the Death Rider jacket on. He's going to be there with Mox like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm one of the bad boys. But he was like, as he comes in with his little feather pants. toys to the kids. Yeah, yeah. I know. Moxley's already bleeding on the way to the <laughs> Wearing a death jitsu shirt. Like, fuck it. Oh, oh my God. It was great. But that you shit. know what? Be you, Shooter. It's awesome. I like that Moxley's like, that's my fucking son you're talking to. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Do Don't not you disrespect to me or my him. Son ever again and I, th- I thought this was a great match from Shooter as well. I thought he showed heaps of fire. He wasn't taking any fucking shit. Like they were throwing hands. It was it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. But that moment when fucking you get murder Okada when he fucking he gets such and he just gets tagged in and he's just got that fucking look on his face and he just slowly gets into the ring. You're like, oh, you fucked up now. <laughs> Black Trunks, big dick. I hate children. Okada yeah. is the fucking best it's the best so good this is this is the man who like had his own baby (laughs) lost a couple of nights of sleep and said i'm gonna murder everyone younger than me everyone was like akata's gonna be taking some time off he's had a baby there's gonna be maternity leave he's not gonna keep it nah same schedule don't give a fuck (laughs) i'm gonna do more more stuff see it less i love i love that he's like He's so angry, dad energy that he's just like, it's the he's negative like if you are under the age of fucking 29, I will murder yeah, you. Yeah, you're getting fucked. He's like, this fucking baby at home keeps encroaching in on my sleep and everyone else is going to get it. Yeah, I can't beat up the baby. I'm going to beat up everyone yeah, else. I'm going to make the world pay. Yeah, Dark no, fucking thinking. Hiroki Goto, essentially. I love that. Oh, he's dark Hiroki. Oh. <laughs> Oh, he'd be uh so it's like great Muda is the is the dark KG Mudo and they had uh Great Nita was the great uh or was the dark uh Atsushi Onita. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like oh great Kazu. Yeah. That, like great that. Kazu. Yeah. There we it go. Works. It, it absolutely works. It. it was fucking fucking cool. And he, he murdered Shooter at the end as well. That rainmaker was fucking Lily. He was like, goodbye. And then, like, when he was pinning him, it was almost like he was making fucking Umino look directly into his son's cold, dead eyes. Like, the way he positioned his head, he was just, like, holding him there as he was, like, fucking. And then, like, they they pointed out that he just, like, steps over the fucking fallen body of this child. Yeah. And and makes the referee fucking hold his hand up. Yeah. Oh, I love that shit so yeah, much. So, awesome. okay, do you think that we're building to Mox and Okada at Wrestle Kingdom? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems like the inevitable thing. You know, you're going to do Danielson, which was a great promo video, really enjoyed that, and I think the world's going to be real happy about it. But I think it'll come back around to, to Mox and Okada, surely. And then maybe in the end, really, really to Shooter and Okada is like the long, long-term thing where Shooter eventually grows up and becomes enough to take him. That would be great. That would be great. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of great story in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fun Western-style match in the middle of a very work-heavy show. Mm-hmm. Um, nice breath of fresh air. Really, really dug it. I'm glad it was the semi-main because it deserved that spot where it could go 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, and it was long. 
for a, for a tag like that. It did seem to go for like a long time, but it had all the stuff you wanted. It wasn't not entertaining at any point. Exactly. And then finally, the final match of the night, Yoda Suji, the Space Wolf, the Gene Blaster, sexual Tyrannosaurus, Yoda Suji. Blast versus in the jeans. Blast in the jeans, sex haver, Yoda Suji. <laughs> um, sex just... haver is how he it. He has it. He's had yes, it, it and he's having it. <laughs> okay. Currently. Are you having it? No. Yoda Suji is having it. Yeah, he is having it. It's his. Yeah, exactly. Um, versus the seventh IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Sonata. Uh, Sonata's second defense, successful after 17 minutes and one second with the deadfall uh, DDT, which, um, you know, the, the story of the match they kept playing uh, over and over again is Yoda Suji is a completely unknown quantity everything that he's doing is just absolutely showing Sonata like new angles of attack and brand new like Mm -hmm. weapons that he never thought this young man could have had. But the one thing he knew Mm -hmm. was Yoda Suji's spear. The one thing that he knew to look out for was that spear. And ultimately Yoda Suji shot himself in the foot by, taking out the entire uh, just five guys crew a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And now he has lost because of it. Yeah. Um, that was a really, really well played uh, story that they were telling in the match. Yoda Suji was big fucking money. Mm-hmm. The crowd loved him. Mm-hmm. The fucking move set was tight. The fucking look dope. was sick. Yoda Suji is him, bro. Yeah. Amy was watching this like New Japan has got me back with this motherfucker. She was so into it. She goes to it afterwards. We were talking about the next day. We were still talking about it. And I go, just everything about him was so dynamic. And she's like, you know who he is? And I'm like, what? And she's like, he's Roman Reigns. (laughs) I'm like, he kind of is. And she's like, but way cooler. And I'm like, I know. And I'm like, and you know what? If Roman Reigns was in New Japan, he'd be the fucking coolest dude there. But he's not. He's in WWE. So this is what we've got. And fucking Yoda from the second he came out was so fucking dope. The fact he's got LEDs in his fucking coat as well is always sick. Um, oh, that like the fire, like yeah, like, like the like, molten um, lava kind of lava. fucking look. Yeah, he just oh, looks sick. like an absolute fucking weapon. The music, the presentation, the tassels. Give me more tassels on my wrestlers. Um, he fucking he just killed it. The, like the smile, and then but him also like the kind of sweetness of him, really wanting Lij to embrace him. Like he's a fanboy of them. You know what I mean? He wants to impress Naito, and he wants them to get around him, you know, even at the start where all the five guys are there, you know, around Sonata. And so Suji holds it up and then even Shingo's got to come back from commentary and they all kind of get up there and they slowly, you know, give it to him and shit. And then, you know, he has the whole match to prove it to them and then inevitably doesn't. And then I was like, you motherfuckers better not leave. You know what I mean? And Naito's like just... You cunts pick him up and they just fuck off. I was like, oh, oh you cold bloody. <laughs> I fucking couldn't. I was like, don't leave him there. I was, I was very upset about it. But, like, they just built, like, that's how you build a fucking star, man. It was unbelievable. And he just had, like, 
he had answers for Sonata's shit. You know what I mean? Sonata hits him with the fucking deadfall. He turns into a cartwheel or some shit. Like he just, he'd studied him and he'd done all those things, like you said, except for he had shown his hand because to get his attention, he had to fucking decimate him to even get a title shot. So he had to use that spear and then that inevitably was the thing that did his undoing. And I like that as well about Sonata because he, this new Sonata is like somebody who clearly like does his homework and studies his opponents. Like they they kept saying they're like the deadfall was almost invented to be a direct counter to the Rainmaker. You know, like he, that's what he does and he doesn't really use it that often but people have seen it now. And so the fact that he was then able to incorporate it, get around the spear and then get it off was was pretty cool. And you show that Sonata is learning and actively trying and, you know, maybe he's having those fucking conversations with the other guys and stuff and trying to be better and you, you see him being better. And I would say of all of Sonata's matches, this is probably his most impressive that I've ever seen, even though it was like a, a showcase of Suji. Um he, he would have been in charge of that, you know what I mean? He would have been leading that match because Suji's brand new and back into the company and that's what I really wanted to see from this new Sonata. Can he float when he doesn't have like an Okada fucking carrying the match, you know? And it's like that is a testament to the fact that he probably can continue this championship run. He's now had the Okada match, the Hiromo match and the Suji match and all have been really good like you can't you can't knock on that you know and i'm like historically one of his biggest detractors but he's he's growing and changing and it's becoming interesting do i want him to be champion still or am i super huge sonata fan all of a sudden not really but i'm happy to see him fucking grow and the product become better you know and he's he's doing huge numbers for uh for the japanese audience people love him sex uh, they're yeah, he's he's a good looking dude. Like man, um, I mean, we've just gotta fucking deal with Sonata Supremacy, I guess. Though talking about Suji again, that move set is sick. When he did that, like I obviously knew he was gonna do, you know, the no hands moonsault out of the ring. You had told me about it. You had seen it live in the UK and I went and watched that match and I saw him do it. I was like, that's really impressive. But when he did it in fucking Osaka Joe Hall in front of that crowd, they lost their shit, man. Yeah, they did. And it it felt like, like a like I said earlier in this this podcast, had that been Okada as champion, it wouldn't have felt as dangerous. It wouldn't have felt like, oh man, this could be over. You know what I mean? Because it's Sonata and he's on shaky ground, you're like, there could be a new champion. And I was watching it like, is this the next Rainmaker shock? Like they even talked about it in the promo video. To be honest, in the promo video when they mentioned it, I was like, oh, maybe it won't happen now because they're directly talking about it. But the the fact that just that was even on the table was super refreshing because there were times when as much as I love Okada, it was like unless it's Wrestle Kingdom or whatever, he ain't fucking losing this to Ishii at King of Pro Wrestling or like to fucking Evil at, you know, whatever, Don Taku, you know, like you know that stuff's not going to happen whereas Sonata's defences are like he could lose this at any point because he's not that yeah, like anointed champion, you know. That keeps it really fresh. Yeah, like he's he's mm-hmm. on his way to becoming an ace but like and and we also we also know that when people are 
are winning that when when they're crowned champion for the first time uh they don't usually have the longest you know streaks in them they'll get one or two defenses and then lose it mm-hmm. so like there was a you know i bet you there was a lot of people who fucking thought that this was gonna be it like yeah. suji was gonna win it right I, away. I thought he was amy was like they almost fucking had me back <laughs> she's like these motherfuckers <laughs> She's like, they're I was blown talking it all now. the shit in the world. Yeah. I was talking all the shit. I was like, everyone loves Sonata right now. Fucking he's only gonna be champion for like three more days. Don't even worry about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Absolutely love it. Hey, we, we had another question uh, again from our lovely friend, the positive wrestling fan, Michael Redding. He said, Dominion felt like a pre-pandemic show. The crowd pop for yep. Suji was awesome. But do you think he'll try and take Naito's spot as the leader? And so I don't think he'll try and take that spot. I think he's going to be given that spot soon. Like, I mean, like soon. I said, like Naito, maybe not soon, mm. but I think um, when Naito's time is up, Naito is going to kind of step towards the back. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I, I do believe that like that is the dude who's going to be the leader of LIJ into the future. A hundred percent. And so where do you think then that that stuff is going with the you know the kind of disrespect he was shown by Nido and the rest of LIJ, do you think it's like, well, we gave you an opportunity to do this, you had to show us something, you lost, keep working at it, like, yeah. like I don't think Bring he's out of LIJ. Yeah, I think it's like a hazing thing, right? They're like, oh, well, keep trying, keep learning, and like Sonata even said afterwards, he was like, keep working hard with LIJ, and maybe you'll get to face me again, you know, like. And there was almost like a, a respectful, you know how Okada and Sonata had those kind of interactions. It's like, yeah, sure, you can be my rival. It's like, keep working at it, mate. And then eventually, when he kind of got good enough, he was like, "Where have you been, your bastard?" Like yeah. that sort of thing. Like he's gone. That was pretty fucking good, kid. Keep working at it. I fucking know how hard it has been in that faction. But if you can do it, it'll make you better. And then I'll see you down the road. Yeah, I think the there's no way he's out of LIJ. They didn't kick him out. Like it was just a way for them to like kind of haze him, like you said. I think he's he's super popular. He's going to, you know, sell a million shirts because LIJ merch fucking is king. Mm-hmm. And Yoda Suji is going to be super popular. You could see like the crowd fucking loved him. Um, there's no way that you know, he's out of LIJ at this point. It was just like, yeah, I, I, I chalked it up to hazing at the end. Yeah. I, um, but even that helped him, I think, because like, like I said, I was feeling sympathy for him. I was like, this dude just fucking come back from excursion, gave this absolute banger, balls to the wall, only just fucking fell short and these motherfuckers disrespected him. You know what I mean? I was immediately on his side and I was like, oh, I haven't felt this fucking pumped on a new dude in like a long time i was like when i got i got home a bit earlier today and i was waiting to kind of cook and i was sitting with the dog and shit i started watching that match again and i never rewatched fucking anything but i was like i want to hear it from the japanese commentator's point of view and hear what their reactions are to stuff like as it was coming you know and i was enjoying it even watching it that way so I, th- I think there's a testament to be said to both guys to it being like a really fun match with some 
cool spots. And like you said, when you don't know the dude's offense and he just comes in and he's making, you know, making waves and looking this way and doing all these things, and then you're watching this match, like, I don't know what's going to fucking happen. And even the commentators like Kevin Kelly and stuff were like, it's not like we can say he's going for this because we just don't know. Like they were making a big deal about him just being a completely unproven, you know, commodity. And I, that, it's so silly because, like, we saw him. We saw what he was doing against in that match he had against Ishii. Mm. Like, we, like I, I sat there and watched it, and I fucking ranted about it. Yeah. Dude, when I came was he doing show, curb stomps like, in that? I don't remember. I don't remember seeing him do. I think he did one. Yeah, yeah. He I, did. I swear he did one. Mm. I, 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 I'll have to watch that match again and just remember being there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, like fucking he was awesome yeah i remember just fucking just being like in an in awe yeah of what yoda suji was and i remember saying like it's coming like yoda suji's almost ready like yeah. and it turns out it was right he's you so know? athletic man for such like a big so dude. good really impressive like yeah really impressive um can't wait to see what he does in the g1 it's gonna be so many fun, Hell yes. fun lineups with him it's gonna be so cool but yeah, man, fucking Dominion, banger. Dominion's Absolutely. always one of my favorites. And, uh, Anyone who and, was talking down about fucking Dominion, and like you know that there there were people like we saw it on Twitter. There's people who were like, "Oh, Dominion, uh, I don't care about Sonata. Who's Yoda Suji?" But like, you're not watching it. Say, yeah. You're not watching it. Just don't you, don't you, even you, talk about someone's it. Someone's gonna look back in like. 20 25 years they're gonna look back at that fucking match and they're gonna be like i've discovered a hidden gem and it's like no fucking bro like <laughs> this is this is already great this is it this is already this great. is it homie yeah absolutely it was super dope well we are getting towards the end of our night it's quarter past midnight and i must be asleep as i need to get up at 5 a.m um Oof. let's do you want to so fast but just because it happened, but we will we'll save our thoughts on it. Do you want to just run through the the listing for G one just to give it an overall quick initial? Let's thoughts? not let's not go through the list. We'll we'll save that for next time. Just give me give me one person, one new person you're excited to see in the G one, mm-hmm. and one storyline you're looking forward to in the G one. Okay, so um, I can tell you how I found out about him. So I. I said I tuned in a little bit later, like by the time I could watch it was the ELP thing. And then while I was watching that, um, Amy was like, yo, there's some crazy names on this G1 announcements. And I'm like, who you got? Because I knew what had happened. She goes, well, here are four of the new people that have never been in before. And she shows me Eddie Kingston, Kaito Kiyomiya, fucking, who was it? Uh, Hikaleo and, oh, who was the other guy on the thing? was a big one. Oh, no, I can't remember who it was. was Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols are both in. It wasn't them, though. It was uh, another singles dude. Uh, I forget. Anyway, those are the ones anyway. Kiyomiya, like, fuck yeah, that is absolutely crazy. And that's a storyline that I want to be all about, which is essentially Kaido Kiyomiya's fucking quest for Okada. You know what I mean? <laughs> Quest for yep. fucking redemption is what I'm going to be about. When they, those two meet again, that is going to be absolutely fucking ballistic. And you heard the crowd when both of those names were announced. You heard roars 
from the fucking crowd. When they pulled up that Eddie Kingston graphic, Jesus Christ, the place came unglued. Oh, they fucking went nasty, dude. They were like, yeah. But then they said Kiyomiya and it was fucking... fucking oh, I love that it popped up with the like Street Fighter, like, we have a new challenger. And then it yeah. was Kiyomiya. Jeez, man. Yeah, absolutely. How about, not. okay, I'll go through the people who have not been in it before. Yeah, please. Uh, Shota Umino. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hikuleo, mm-hmm. uh, going through the list. Uh, Eddie Kingston, mm-hmm. Ren Narita, mm-hmm. uh, Gabe Kidd, Alex Coglin, Shane Hayes, Mikey Nichols, Yoda Suji, and Kaito Kiyomiya. It was Yoda Suji. That's what it was. I was just not thinking of him because he was. We were just talking about him, but the graphic was those guys. It was like Eddie at the top, Kiyomiya and Suji on the same line, and then Hikuleo below. And I was like, yo, three out of four ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking absolutely sick. I think the the person whose debut I'm looking forward to most, uh, I, I love Alex Coughlin. I love Alex Coughlin, and I want to see him fucking tear shit up. I love Eddie Kingston, and I want to see him fucking just, like his match that he had against Gabe, on strong a couple of months ago was fucking great mm-hmm. um i'd love to see him bring some of that king's road uh, style um i'm gonna go a little bit out though i'm gonna say the person whose debut i'm looking forward to most is ren narita okay mm-hmm. yeah that's a I, I, cool. I, oh god i want to say yoda suji though mm, yoda suji <laughs> fucking cool that too God, he's so good. But like I think Ren is gonna have a fucking killer tournament. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's either of those would be great. Okay, and what storyline do you think you're you're looking forward to most heading into the G1? I think it's still the Kiyomiya one. That was such a fucking cool arc. It's either Kiyomiya or Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to say Kiyomiya's story and his his rivalry with Okada. I think uh, mine is also Okada, but I think I want I want to see Okada in a block with every person under 30. Yeah. And just watch, watch Okada. Okada versus the babies. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them kids. That would be fucking fantastic That would me, be. Yes. And I mean, uh, like, there's, there's a few, there's quite a few to follow. Here, I mean, obviously, Osprey got to be a favorite to be doing really well in this tournament, um, for sure. Might actually be U.S. champion by then. Yeah, exactly right. Might be U.S. champion and heading towards the, the fucking, the world championship. See, everybody was like, he needs to, he wants to avenge his losses against fucking Kenny and Okada, and everybody thinks that like, how could he do that with both belts or whatever? Okada don't have the world title anymore. So he could still get the win over him and not end up champion, you know. So these are the things. But we're not going to break all these down. We're, there's a lot here, and I feel like we could do half an episode, nearly a full episode going through each dude, doing our best and worst cases on every scenario. Um, I'm That'll very, be next time. Yeah, exactly. There's some people I'm really looking forward to seeing that make an impact. Well, right now I want to go ahead and tell everybody – Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time. And, uh, you know, if you 
enjoy our particular brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more uh, dick and fart jokes for free, you can check out the Faces and Fields cast. You can check out Throwing Dice Pod. Uh, those are our other shows, our brother shows and sister shows. Uh, and then there's our sister shows, Hot Friends, the uh, Count Out Podcasting Network. You can check out all of our friends on the Count Out Podcasting Network and the Patreon for Count Out Pod, uh, which is uh, going, all that money's going towards um, helping a bunch of cool podcasters do a bunch of cool podcast things. And uh, if you're already a member of the Count Out Podcasting uh, Network, you are uh, Patreon, you know that we've got our show Drop Your Shorts on there. Uh, we went through and talked today about the um, tournament of survival eight uh, that we watched together. My first deathmatch tournament. We went through and broke that down a little bit. Um, my favorite uh, highs and lows from the tournament and Rafe's uh, opinion as a person who is deep within the realm of deathmatch. Uh, you can listen to that if you'd like. Uh, there's also other shows like uh, Ryan hasn't seen anything and other things like that. Great stuff. Great content for you for just a couple of bucks every month. Um, but we love you and we appreciate you. Thank you very much. If you, even if you can't, um, if you don't have the money to give us money, not everyone has the money it takes to give us money. And if you don't, you can, uh, support us by sharing the show, giving us a rating five stars, uh, 10 stars, 40 stars in the Tokyo dome, whatever you can give us, uh, sharing with your friends and, uh, liking and subscribing all the things that help feed the content machine to feed the algorithm, uh, we love you and we appreciate you. We Absolutely. think that you have beautiful genitalia and that you definitely are the smartest in, uh, in your friend groups. We do think that. Thank you for listening to the entire episode. We hope you enjoyed all the talks about all the exciting things that happened, all the exciting, all the debuts. And speaking of debuts, if you wanted your computer to debut a new level of security and also uh, the ability to change your internet location at whim, in the way that like Yoda Suji could change from the UK to Japan to Mexico, then back to Japan, you can do that yourself with the power of NordVPN. So That's make right. sure you check out nordvpn.com slash what? Shorts. You grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash shorts. You get a huge discount off of your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. If you want to supercharge, if you want to gene blast your uh, <laughs> your social media and your uh, streaming services and your security, that's how you do it. NordVPN.com slash shorts. Exactly. Blast your genes full of security thanks to NordVPN.com slash shorts. Make sure you check out Curtis's dope show, Throwing Dice Pod. Hear him talk about wargaming, hear him talk about painting miniatures, hear him talk about fun things. If you want to hear me talk to wrestlers about their lives and the crazy things they do, if you enjoyed the idea of us talking about tournament of survival, I've got heaps of interviews with deathmatch wrestlers, some of the most interesting people in the world. Uh, that said, my very next interview that's dropping will be with none other than New Japan Pro Wrestling's the United Empire's own ultimate weapon, Aaron Hanare. That'll be out in the next few days. So I'm going to get that one up, get that one popping, and we'll have more exciting content coming for you guys down the line. So, Curtis, you know yep. what we got to do, right? we got to keep it right. Yeah, we got to keep it tight. That's and, right. 
the most important. We're going to rate and subscribe. We're going to listen or die. We are going to do that. And what else are we going to do? We're going to keep it what? Short. Countout provides a wide variety of bonus content that is right at your fingertips. On the Countout Patreon, our podcasts are creating bonus content exclusively for you, their listener. For only $5 a month, you can watch instant reactions to major shows, watch-alongs, early access to main feed podcasts, some fun goof and gag audio, plus shows from some of the podcasters' outside interests. It's the best way to experience all that the Countout Network has to offer. So head on down to patreon.com slash countout to take part in some of the best and most fun content wrestling has to offer. Again, that is patreon.com slash countout. This has been a Countout Podcast.